Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write, appealing to you, to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. With false teachers creeping into the church, Jude penned a letter in response to a four-alarm theological fire, urging us to contend for the faith. The word contend means to struggle in opposition, to strive in debate, to dispute earnestly. Are you clear-eyed about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you know biblical Christianity well enough to recognize false teaching when you hear it? How many alarms must sound before you grasp the seriousness of a catastrophic theological fire? Are you contending for the Christian faith? I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian and wherever you are and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Well, how can you stand firm against false teaching? How can you recognize it, then refute it when it comes? Ron has answers next as he continues his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Stay right here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's Ron in part two of his Something Good Radio message, Jude, Contending for the Faith. But you, there it is again, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. Uh, Jude addresses the beloved, those who are loved in Christ. And he wants us to remember what the Holy Spirit told the apostles about, well, scoffers who will malign the faith and uh, introduce doubt and divide churches. For example, Peter spoke about scoffers who will come scoffing, 2 Peter chapter three. Paul even warned the, the Ephesians. He says, um, when, I, when I depart the church, remember he was a church planter, the longest he stayed in any place was three years, and Acts chapter 20 records the scene when there he is on the shore about ready to get on the boat, and he's there with the elders of the church at Ephesus, they're weeping, they love Paul, Paul loves them, Paul takes the opportunity to say, beware, when I'm gone, savage wolves will come in and they will not spare the flock. Paul was warning about this because he understood the gravity of the situation and the importance of believers contending for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. You don't need to add to it, you don't dare subtract from it, and you need to be on guard and be prepared to dispute earnestly anybody who dares pervert the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And Jude encourages us there in verses 17 through 23 uh, to grow in Christian discipleship. He, he, he uses the word yourselves twice. For example, he says, building up yourselves in this most holy faith. You have a responsibility, I have a responsibility in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to grow in Christian maturity so we can recognize false teaching and false orthodoxy easily so that you're not so easily uh, deceived and pulled away from the truth. Because the false teachers don't stand up and say, hello, my name is Ron, I'm a false teacher. No, they, they masquerade and look like a believer. And they borrow the language of Orthodox Christianity, but they twist it ever so slightly until before you know it, you're down the road into something that is very, very dangerous. He also tells us we must wait for the full measure of God's mercy in eternal life. You know, we're in a waiting period, aren't we? It's known as the church age. And like a bride waiting for her groom, as the church, we wait for the return of Jesus Christ. We wait for the full expression of our salvation. Right now we have a down payment. It's called the Holy Spirit, right? Just an earnest money deposit. Can't wait for the full thing. And finally, he encourages us to contend for the faith by supporting those who exhibit a weaker faith. Yeah, there are, there are those among us in any church that don't have the theological grasp to understand when what they're listening to is false doctrine. And by the way, false teachers today, back then they were concerned about the traveling teachers who would come to the house churches and say, hey, I have a message I wanna preach. And, and they, would, they, would, they would come in unnoticed, as it were. Today they have technology. And, and they're, they're working their way into the church through their technology and and you have to be discerning to know what's true and what's not. And that brings us to the end of Jude's letter. It's a brief one, it's only 25 verses. But the way he ends this letter is just so incredible. Verses 24 and 25, it's a doxology that should arouse the believer in Jesus Christ's confidence while we contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And uh, Jude offers this ascription of praise to God um, at the end of his letter. It, it excels anything that you and I could write without the aid and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But Jude, Jude gives us this inspired text. You follow along as I read this. Now to him, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever, amen. That's one of the great doxologies, great benedictions we might call it of the New Testament. And, and lest you read Jude's letter and worry that, well, maybe I'd be somebody who would be led astray by the false teachers. Uh, Jude says in so many words, it kind of echoes um, the uh, ideology of Ronald Reagan, you know? 
We win, they lose. Jude says believers win, false teachers lose. Why? Uh, Because Jesus Christ is able to keep you from stumbling. He's able to keep you from falling. He takes full responsibility for that. Uh, Not to the false teachers, not to you who might be a little bit nervous about being led astray, but now to him. Him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Remember Jude affirmed this truth at the beginning of his letter when he addressed those in verse one, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. He comes back to that. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling. He keeps you secure, true believer in Jesus. It's those who are maybe never true believers in the first place who are caught up in the deception of a false teacher. But now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling, he who possesses all glory and majesty and dominion and authority, he says, will one day present you blameless in Christ. Boy, somebody, somebody shout hallelujah or like James says, shout amen, so let it be, you know? He settles the matter there. He will present you blameless. Remember, the, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And all the angels that followed the devil in the heavenly rebellion, they, all day long they're like prosecuting attorneys. And they accuse and accuse and accuse. John told us, by way of contrast, Jesus is our advocate. He's our defense attorney. And one day at the end of the age, he will present you, child of God, blameless. Blameless. Doesn't mean you're perfect. But he took away all the shame, all the blame, and all the penalty of your sin through his death upon the cross. And we we can live knowing that we're blameless before him. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If it's been a while since you stopped by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, you may want to pay us a visit. We've released a new streaming platform for Something Good Radio and Something Good Television, SGTV. And you'll also find Something Good Travel, Something Good Courses, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. Watch, listen, and download for free. That and a lot more is available now at somethinggoodradio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. 
Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. And Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience? And what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's-eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to the rest of today's message, Jude, Contending for the Faith. And once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Jude was clear-eyed. He understood the threat He understood that it would take a vigorous contention to make sure that the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in every generation is is, is clearly disseminated. You know, it's true, we're only one generation away from, from losing the gospel. Unless churches like ours and pulpits like this and ministries like ours continue to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. We're not making anything up today that's new. We're just reminding ourselves of something that was delivered 2,000 years ago, and even then some. Likewise, we're only one generation away from losing our freedoms. Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher understood this, and they were clear-eyed about the threat of Marxist-Leninism in the world. And they won the Cold War. Um, Historians, you know, you can read about that, and I'm glad they did. But either they or um, those that followed didn't watch the back door. And just like false teachers crept into the church unnoticed, we've had over the last 30 or 40 years Marxists, Leninists, socialist communists coming through the back door of our country. You say, oh, pastor, now you're getting political. No, I'm not. It's time that the church 
identify this as a moral and spiritual issue because communism is a godless, atheistic ideology that destroys human life. It always does wherever it's been. And socialism is simply the kinder, gentler path toward atheistic totalitarianism. And it's here. Last 40 years, it has come through the back door into Hollywood, the media, higher education, now lower education, the church, and even seats in our government, elected seats in our government. And unless we are clear-eyed, as clear-eyed as Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, we will lose the freedoms in this country. Not to mention the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said in Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Don't let anybody put you under a a yoke of bondage again. And that had more to do with the gospel than some governing ideology. But friends, a socialist, communist ideology enslaves and then destroys human life as it takes away freedoms. Jude says, I wanted to write to you about our common salvation. But I realized that there was a four-alarm theological fire going on that was burning 2,000 years ago. And under the direction of the Holy Spirit, he changed the direction of his letter. And he says, beloved, those of you who are loved in Christ, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. First of all, do you know the faith? Do you have a casual understanding of it? You're vulnerable. Take personal responsibility for your discipleship. Grow in maturity in Christ. Learn the doctrines of the faith that started 2,000 years ago. Read your Bible, know your Bible. You know this well and the truths that it teaches and no false teacher will ever deceive you. Jesus wins, they lose. Those are the only options. Jude was clear-eyed about that. And as we go from the book of Jude, next week to the book of Revelation, it'll be even more clear who wins. Who wins? And in the meantime, our job as the church is to be like his bride waiting for our groom, praying, even so come Lord Jesus, and snatching as many as we can from the fires, winning as many people to Christ as we can, speaking the truth as, as earnestly and as vigorously as we can, speaking the truth in love, but also being clear-eyed about the threat to the church, to our nation that was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, to contend, to do battle. You're a soldier in an army, child of God. So put on the armor of God and go to battle every day and contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. That means we don't have to update it 
because the culture has changed. We don't have to get with the times. No, the times need to get with God and his word. You've heard me say that you know, oftentimes it just takes a little bit of time for science to catch up with what God already knows. It just takes usually a generation for culture that has gone off the rail to figure out that God was right. But in the meantime, a whole generation has paid the price of believing lies. And we can't afford to do that. The church needs to stand up and contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Why? Because it's the truth. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good Radio message. Jude, contending for the faith. Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. Ron, this idea of contending for the faith has been a consistent theme throughout the church age, and it's still quite relevant to us today. Let's talk a little further about our role as believers in Christ who are charged with the responsibility of contending for the faith. Yes, and thanks, Brian. Let me begin with a critically important idea. This command from Jude is an urgent appeal to all believers in Christ, not just pastors and missionaries or elders and deacons and teachers, but every member of the body of Christ is called to earnestly contend for the faith. This means we must first know what we believe. Second, it means we must be willing to stand for the truth when false teaching invades our circles of influence most importantly, our churches. Now, some doctrine is essential and some is non-essential. Some is core to our understanding of the gospel and some is not. Uh, For example, methods or modes of baptism differ from one church to the next, from one denomination to the next. Some sprinkle, some dunk or immerse. Uh, You can practice and believe either one and still be saved. It's an issue worth discussing, but in terms of salvation in Christ and core gospel beliefs, the mode of baptism is not essential. What is essential is to know that baptism in whatever mode or form has nothing to do with salvation. It does not contribute to our salvation. Anyone who says baptism is a requirement for salvation is guilty of false teaching. So there are essential beliefs necessary for salvation, and there are some that are not. And again, our first priority is to know what we believe. Uh, We have to get in the Word consistently. We need to be in the Word for ourselves, while also under the teaching of God's Word from someone who rightly handles it. This is essential in our efforts to contend for the faith. Because, Brian, as in a court of law, the truth is our best defense, which means we need to know the truth so well that we can spot false doctrine immediately. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts on our role as believers in Christ to earnestly contend for the faith. Well, Ron, it's hard to believe, but we're nearing the end of our journey through the Bible. Just one book left to go. Tell us what we can expect over the next couple of days as you wrap up your teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Brian, a good story always has something easily seen by the naked eye, but also something else that remains, well, hidden, a little mysterious. And this is especially true of God's story. From Genesis all the way through, we see only what God chooses to reveal to us. But as we move ahead to our next stop, to our final stop on the ultimate road trip through the Bible, I'm talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
We see a little more than what we've seen before as it pertains to the last days of planet Earth. The Greek word translated revelation is apocalypsis, and it literally means to unveil or to reveal. And that's what God is doing here. He reveals things that to that point remained largely hidden, even about Jesus Christ, uh, whom he unveils in, in, in his glorified state. Now, I have other messages on this wonderful book of Scripture called Revelation that go into more detail, and I'd recommend uh, listening to them when you have time. They're available to stream uh, on demand in our digital library. But Brian, I think it would be helpful to our listeners to get the view from 30,000 feet up. Just a quick uh, two-day overview of everything the book of Revelation has to offer us. Brian, I'm really looking forward to this one. As are we, Ron. That's Revelation, the apocalypse of Jesus. And it comes your way tomorrow. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.